unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. We're going to go over a little bit of stuff that's kind of went on just to give you some pretense or pretext or whatnot. Blame tag and I have noticed since the inception of what we've done and also the inception of, let me get this out of the way, our sponsor, the Serving Times, proud sponsor of the Retail War Zone, 2023 Pulitzer Prize winner for the article Watley's Recession, and it's also an AI-free publication. The link to the Serving Times is in the description of the video. Please go check it out. If you have not subscribed to him on Substack, do it because you're missing out. But um, also subscribe to Adria as well. There's been a lot of things that we've covered via whether it be here on the war zone or things that Mr. Matt Starr has covered satirically um, with the serving times that real conveniently all of a sudden within a very small time frame, major news outlet is talking about the same shit. Now, look, we're not exactly refined here, and I know we're not everybody's cup of tea, but conspiracy or coincidence. But before we get into that, Blame Tag gets to do a victory lap. Take it, sir. Do your thing. Oh, my God. I had almost forgotten, even though I made it a point to ask to be able to do it. So... I'm sure everyone has seen the stories by now because it's been picked up by the mainstream media. Finally, that the NRF national retail federation are a bunch of filthy fucking liars. And that basically, I don't know if um, retail drive picked up on it first, but just the math on how much of shrinkage was due to organized retail crimes. They were saying it was about 50%. And in reality, it's about 5% and that math just didn't math at all. Mm -hmm. So that got picked up by the mainstream media, finally, who have been enabling the lies the whole time by, you know, just taking them at their word. So, yeah, fuck the NRF. They're eating a whole big plate of shit and they have earned it. And they're trying to weasel out of it that it was a misunderstanding, but they're the ones pushing these numbers. That's not a misunderstanding that they they knew that shit wasn't true that is correct and believe it or not that ties in to what we're talking about welcome mad dog good to see you so let's go back a ways and when we had sean william brown on the show who is a certified 110 percent legit loss prevention employee one thing that companies try to tell you at the store level mad dog i'm sure you remember this as well they like to tell you that there's a 60 40 split in shoplifting and it's 60 percent internal and 40 percent external however when we had sean on the show i asked him that and you know because i've never seen in my career that percentage be correct And it was really more external than internal for those of us on the ground. Okay. So there's that part of it. Now, 
I did an article with, I think, you know, I can't remember which one it was. Um, it might have actually been the Vox article where they were talking about theft that I did w with uh, Wizzy Kim. But one of the things I brought up that the media is also not covering that was left out of the article are the amount of managers out there who are taking damages and writing them off as theft because the media has, you know, made it seem that theft is so out of control. So instead of blaming our employees for damages or customers for damages, we're writing it off as theft. So there's that. Um, also, too, to, to couple with that, we discussed on an episode a long time ago. Now, Blame Tag did his research. I did not. I'll be honest with you guys. I have felt like garbage all day. I woke up with a sore throat yesterday. Today has been terrible. So it, it's a miracle I'm functioning right now. But we did an episode a while back where I explained that these companies are talking about theft, but they budget for it. There's a shrink reserve. Every major retailer has a shrink reserve for every individual location. You know, you know what's funny about that is, um, do you remember the show Daria from the 90s? Yes, I do. There's an episode where they take a field trip to the mall and they explain shrink and how it's like a part of their operating budget. So this isn't like new information. Like fucking Daria knew that shit. Oh, exactly. Now looking at the chat, this is amazing. Mad Dog says their boss wants to code theft as damages. I have never seen that ever in a million years. And the reason I say that is because if your damages are too high, most companies look at it as mismanagement. And, you know, that was also part of some of the reporting that I've seen talking about stores claiming damages at conveniently, of course, as theft. And, you know, what, what was the percentage blind tag? Did you say 5%? Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but yeah, I think it was 5% or it was closer to 5% than 50. Okay. So 5%, you know, when you look at your sales, where I come from, all right, and, you know, working in retail and running stores, 4% was considered a blowout, and 4% was considered extremely high in your store. Oh, well, okay? when I say 5%, it was 5% of theft is organized retail crime. So oh. it wasn't 5% of all losses. It was oh, okay. 5% of theft. Yeah, so, but, all right, so see, that's the thing, too. We have to discern the difference there. Organized retail crime, like, say, for instance, when I worked for Marshalls, Organized retail crime was a group of five or six individuals that was running through North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, walking in, cutting cables on Michael Kors purses and stuff like that, loading them up and walking out. So that is something that needs to be clarified, even from the NRF. So 5% is organized retail theft. Okay. Um, they use that as an excuse, you know for a lot of different things. So think about this from an employee as a controllable expense standpoint. Say you're working in a Walgreens, okay? 
And Walgreens has decided we're going to put cases up and we're going to lock everything up. Well, they've got to cut that cost somewhere and it comes from people. You know, if they're, if they think that causes less theft, they can have less people on the floor. And once again, the employees are the ones who lose out, you know, and it's just ridiculous. Um, Erica says Kroger, Kroger took the option of warehouse damage out the remove from inventory options a little while back, taking the current reporting of organized retail theft into account. That's no coincidence. There you go. So you're, you're not claiming warehouse damage. You've got managers out there claiming it is theft. So it's, and it's like Adria said, they're absolutely prepared for a certain amount of shrink. They are absolutely. And so now I guess the big question is, you got the NRF backtracking. So what was the purpose? Financials were the purpose. They need an excuse to talk about why their profit margins aren't so high. Um, I remember the, the case with Target. And um, another great uh, Substack is uh, popular information are the ones who broke the thing about Target is that they were inflating the numbers so as an excuse to close stores. Correct. And it's just that stores weren't as profitable as the bigger stores. And they were just kind of lying about these stores have a higher percentage of uh, theft when they didn't. And I would suspect that they are also, if you went and looked at the details, that those targets that are closing are in urban markets, correct? Um, I believe most of them were New York and possibly San Francisco. I'd, I'd have to look up the article. Again. San Francisco, where they changed the shoplifting laws to where you can't prosecute unless it's over $900. So they're using everything they can to shut things down to make them look okay when it, when it comes down to profitability. That, that's really what it is. So um, let's see what we got and here. I, and I did just look it up just to clarify. Um, again, who knows what these numbers, but supposedly it's 37% of shrink is from external theft. And then they claim another 29% is employee theft. Okay, so 37% is external yeah 20 something odd percent is internal what's the rest the rest is just damages and inventory discrepancies and stuff like that okay so that proves the theory so you know a little bit um again these are still nrf numbers so who the right but the nrf has basically disproved the old adage that 60 40 you know, 60% is internal, 40% is external. They're saying that the external is higher than the internal. That is unheard of in this industry because every district manager I've ever had my entire career would stand on a podium and tell you that your employees still more than customers. And, you know, if you're familiar with the term grazing, you know, people just – Stealing a candy bar, stealing a drink, blah, blah, blah. I've never seen it. I've never seen that shit. Well, I find those empty candy wrappers all over the place, but I don't think that's any kind of significant uh, percentage of our inventory loss. Right. Um, Let's see. What what is this here? Um, Mad Dog says where she works, uh, we don't code theft anymore. So instead of just throwing packages away, he wants us to put them in a damaged. It's not accurate. Yeah, that's. That's a little weird. Uh, I, I don't understand that one unless they're just trying to account for mismerchandise. 
That sounds like an inventory thing. Um, Brian says, my store doesn't have a theft option when we find empty boxes. He tells us to throw them away. Okay. They don't have a theft option. You're throwing away. What's going to happen is when you reconcile your inventory and you inventory your store, that's just going to show up as a shortage. So I, I kind of understand that. Up until like a year ago, that's what they had us doing too. And we only just started um, reporting. And I don't think that's the company. I think that was just our store. But we only just started reporting theft like a year ago. Yeah, that's that's another thing I'd like to see is the amount of companies who decided to start really, really reporting theft when, you know, the whole lexicon of retail organized theft. Because, I mean, blame tag, you know this. There's companies out there who said, oh, well, this is all over the media. We can claim this and we can use it to do all sorts of different things, right? Oh, yeah. And, and that's exactly what they did. Um, let's see. Erica says stores want to claim this huge surge in theft, but don't enter it as theft in the handheld. Hypocrite says fine. Yes, correct. They, they, they want to. They, also, too, there's companies out there probably saying that it's theft you know, from a PR standpoint, but at the store level, they're not recording it as that. It's like the old um, meme, where these numbers come from? Dude, trust me. A hundred percent. It's the whole dude, trust me. Yeah. Um, and as Adria says, an excuse to lower wages and raise prices. That's a hundred percent correct because all this goes hand in hand. All right. So you got the NRF saying, you know, they're retracting, but for the longest time, theft was high right? They raised prices. So it's no coincidence that when the NRF, now blame thing, I don't know if you thought about this or not. The NRF admitted that, oh, there was a misunderstanding when the reports came out that they've investigated and corporations have been falsely raising prices. I don't remember the dude's name who first said it too, and they hung that guy out to fucking dry on the fifty percent thing. I wish I remembered what his name was, but yeah, it's a misunderstanding. Yeah. So we had major studies, major investigations, saying that guess what? The price increases were from greed. They weren't from theft. So how convenient right now, as the wheels come off the wagon of the charade. The NRF all of a sudden, oh, our bad. There was a misunderstanding. It's not really this bad. Right at the exact same time when it's been proven that corporations are raising prices, fall, you know, you know, fictitiously, so to speak, and blaming it's theft shocking. and blaming whatever. It's very shocking um, revelation. Right. All of us on the ground, we know this shit. We knew it. We knew it you know eons ago and that's i'm gonna go through the chat here real quick and we're gonna we're gonna go into the the meat and potatoes of the episode here because all this ties in at this point um let's see <coughs> show here is the show of hands does anyone's place of employment still have a store use option in their inventory system anybody out there Um, we'll, we'll see what the chat does. Um, Erica says anyone who unloads trucks can clearly see where most of the damages come from. Amen. Amen. Warehouse 
bullshit causes a lot of waste. And I, you know, we, we've looked at pictures. We've talked about this. Cranky has, has shared pictures with us. You know, there's our warehouse crews aren't doing the stores any justice. Hey, look, I've got 17 cases of canned milk and I'm going to stack them on a box of instant potatoes. It's in a pouch. What, what, what do you do? And, and blame tag, that goes back to my whole, one of the first Substack things I, I, I wrote about how there should be warehouse training, right? <laughs> but we got, um, Irish says, so they inflated their theft figures more than their prices. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by incompetence. This isn't surprising to anyone familiar with retail. And that's why we're here. Big Quit Energy, good to see you. I saw that you took a, a break from Twitter slash X. It is good for you. Um, I'm, I really am only on there to post random stuff. So, uh, you know, blue skies kind of the way. And, and, and let me get that out of the way. My social media presence is pretty low these days. I just don't have time for nonsense. So, but we're going to get into some... Uh, what's the word soothsayer kind of stuff some predictions of the future i mean instead of nostradamus is it blame tag damas you know so well, before that just let me say uh thank you and hello big quit energy yes and i don't know if they're in the chat there was uh someone on x when I posted this, that was like, Steve and Iris are great, but I really, really hope I can ask a blame tag a question. I hope they're here. And if you're the person that I'm talking about, say so in the chat, ask blame tag a question. He'll ask, he'll answer anything. Well, just about sometimes anything. I feel, uh, I'm so a little bummed about like losing the Twitter community, but like, yeah, I had to get off there. Hey, look, let me tell you something. So I, I'm over there. Like, I'll post cat pictures and stuff from time to time. But it's still it's still a shit show. You ain't missing anything. I, I, I really, you know, I'll go on it and look and see what's going on. And I'll respond to stuff that's appropriate to respond to. But I don't spend my time scrolling over there anymore. I, social media has just gotten under my skin so much that I'll use it to let people know what we're doing. And, you know, I'll use it to communicate with some people, but that's about it. Cause it's just worthless at this point. So having said that, so topic at hand, you know, you look at the tag, the, the screen below me, the all knowing, all seeing blame tag and other coincidental coverage of our material. Now blame tag really is kind of like the retail version of the Simpsons. At least that's how I see it, because there's so many Simpsons predictions that have come true, and um, it, it's it's kind of uncanny. So I'm going to shut up, and I want to go. I want you to go through your list of accomplishments and predictions, and let us kind of know how that turned out. Well, I mean, just because, you know, I have the list here of everything I was able to find. You want to just read, read through the list? Go, yeah, go ahead. I mean, drag it out, you know, give it some emphasis and whatnot. Get your flowers, blame tag. All right. So I'm going to go um, 
start from the earliest, and I don't have an exact date on this, but it was a Warzone episode where I had asked, hey, do you think retail would move to a gig, um, like a gig model, or like you would have to check the app to see if there's a shift available? And um, the guest who was on, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, was like, oh, no, I don't think so. But then there is a company, um, I don't know what its status is right now, but they are trying to do exactly that for retail. It, actually, that was The Economist from Wyoming, I believe. Irish, correct me if I'm wrong. Was, was that where they were from? Um, but if you think about that question, blame tag, what's DoorDash? What's Instacart? Yeah, like, I mean, I could totally see my employer doing that. Like, oh, we only need three people on the sales floor today, so better, you know, be the first to log in and sign up for a shift. Mm-hmm. Continue. Uh, okay, this one is from July of 2022, and it was young Mr. Munson, the story of a six-year-old who got lost in a supermarket, and they made him a manager. Uh, shortly after that, a few customer service businesses started to bring back child labor. They started to hire basically children. Not long after I posted that one. Thank you, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> Continue. Um, the next one was January of 23. And that was um, one of my favorites was threat level chicken sandwich, <laughs> um, which was about you know, increasing security based on what items are out of stock. And then it was, let me see if I wrote down. It was a month after I posted that, that a woman drove her SUV into a Popeye's because they were out of biscuits. Yep. Continue. There's um, more. <laughs> February of, uh, well, the, the rest are all this year. So February... I did an article about employees who wanted to get paid for having work dreams. So this one's a bit of a stretch, but it was actually very recently that uh, there's a startup who are trying to use lucid dreaming to get people to work in their sleep. <laughs> so though that was, you know, that was kind of similar. Um, there's an article I did that same month called somebody that I used to employ about a manager who was basically treating an employee who had just quit like a, like an ex, like he had, like they had just broken up. And then shortly after that, Kroger, our you know good friend Kroger, started texting their employees who had recently quit to try to get them to come back, kind of like a pathetic ex. Oh, okay. Uh, then uh, March was the Ron DeSantis boots article. Man, I just have and to say, that a major story. yeah, and that was before he was even officially running, because when I reposted that last month, I had to edit a lot of it for to say that he was actually running for president. And and that's crazy, because I, I believe I was the first one to send you that, right? Possibly. Yeah, because because I saw that somebody had an entire like a major news outlet had this whole thing about the santis's shoes and you yeah. had been on that like months prior and i'm like this shit's getting out of control <laughs> it might just be because i live in florida and like you can see that he's got a thing for boots like he's yeah, always got the he deal does. like it's not like it's not new 
He's a shoe slut. I said it in the article. He's a slut for shoes. Well, I mean, and plus too, I mean, you, when you're running for office or whatnot, it's no different than, you know, having boxes to stand on to make you look taller. Right. But I just found it so bizarre that you were ahead of that curve so early. And then I'm like, yo, dude, look, they're, they're snapping your shit. I mean, how how does that make you feel? I mean, pretty good. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't come after me in the press. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. I mean, it it could be like, you know, to play devil's advocate that, you know, he was just more in the limelight because he got a lot farther than I think most people think he would or thought he would. That's true, too. Farther he can go with what gas he has left. But yeah, it's I don't. I think it might have just been that, you know, him and his big fucking boots walking out into the spotlight. Yeah. Now, I know you had two examples that you had sent me that were were pretty blatant. So go ahead and share those with us real quick. Um, one of them was the Harvard Business Review. Let me see if I um have that on my phone. Oh, there it is. Yep. That was a Harvard Business Review. The headline, how one late employee can hurt your business, data from 25 million time cards. Mm-hmm. Almost the exact plot of my article, my uh, Pulitzer winning article, Watley's Recession. Correct. One one employee basically crashing the economy. Correct. Um, the other one, again, good friend of ours, Business Insider, who I'm, I'm kind of fucking them up tomorrow morning if you're uh, subscribed to the serving times just saying so you know. oh, yeah um so mine was new studies reveal that the cashier is not in love with you she's just doing her job uh shortly after this one from insider cashiers aren't flirting that's just what niceness feels like right so that brings us to the crux of of all this now look like i said we're not exactly refined here we are not everybody's cup of tea but i wanted to do it but since it's almost two thousand followers it was kind of hard to screenshot everybody but if, if you go to twitter and you go to the retail war zone and you click on followers and most likely you're gonna get the most hits under uh verified we've had a lot of people and i mean a lot snooping around us from about the end of year one okay and it's i'm not going to say that it's it's provable but there have been i mean blame tag how many times have you tagged me in a post saying well generation void said this such and such time right Oh, I didn't even think to check that, but I'm sure like dozens. Uh, a lot, you know? Yeah. And and then anytime I see anything you've ever referenced, I'm tagging you. I'm like, yo, you predicted the future again. You know, uh, the, the orcas, bro. I mean, how can we forget that? Oh, that was the last one. I, yeah, I didn't get to the end of my list, yeah, but that was the last do one. That, yeah. one. Um, that one was the article, the lobbyists were trying to get Congress to step in and stop the orcas. But it was really about that they didn't want their yachts damaged. And then, like, within a week, the 
the Atlantic put out an article that was like, I'm sure it's famous by now by Jacob Stern. That was just kind of like, Hey, our orcas are assholes and fuck them basically. Yes. Uh, big quit energy. Um, yes. Serving times is on Substack. I'm on Substack. Uh, Adria is on Substack. Uh, Adria, would you put your link to your Substack in the chat if you're still with us? Um, but yeah, so you know when you look at like the followers Sorry, or, or what? Psycho cat running around here. What's that? Sorry, there's a psycho cat running around here. For, hey, we all have psycho cats, but um, but you know, it, it's kind of convenient. You know, one thing that sticks out to me. Um, is our dollar store coverage, our Dollar Tree stuff. That's the one I've seen the most movement on. And believe it or not. We had a big one on that, yeah. Yes, believe it or not, when we had blank stares on after she left Dollar Tree, okay, that, you know, from that point on is just about our most listened to episode. Now, I worked at Dollar Tree, and I know people that still work there. I'm sure they listen to it or whatnot. But way back when we did an episode about dollar stores. And yes, I sourced information from other publications. But I find it really odd that all of a sudden we do this big, huge thing. We had several episodes about Dollar Tree and dollar stores that shortly thereafter, a major publication was parroting exactly what we were saying. Now, I'm not saying that it's malicious and in intent. I'm not saying that we're getting ripped off. However, I have enough common sense to know that being around this business and talking to journalists and whatnot, they're going, you know, you have major journalists going to Reddit looking for input, okay? I was going to say, yeah, Irish can tell you that. Like, yeah, that's the world we're in. If they're going to social media to, like, Reddit to get people to talk, don't think for a minute they're not going to scoop in on, you know, they can see a thumbnail and be like, oh, that's kind of like what I want to talk about and, and listen to it and get some things from it. Because the one thing I will say about what we do, whether you like us or not, is we have people here that have been in the trenches or still are in the trenches. We still do this for a living, right? We work it every single day, whether it be grocery, hard lines, soft lines, whatever. We're a community of people who are still there seeing this stuff evolve in real time. And I guess my big thing here is this. There are several people from the media that are followers on Twitter or X, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't care. You call it Muscoville for all I care. I'm 100% convinced that they scope out the stuff we do and they snoop around. I mean, like I said, if you look at our far, we have people from CNN. We have, there, there's people there, all right? They may never interact with us. But they're watching. And maybe they take the cleaner bits of what we do and the less ranty bits, and they, they turn it into something else, and, that, and that's fine. And also with the serving times. 
I've seen that tremendously. I mean, we joke about it and we talk about blame tag predicts the future, bro. There's so much stuff they're scooping from you and I that we've done. And, you know, I'm not mad about it. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like going to be like the guy who's trying to sue Rockstar right now for, for the GTA, GTA six, um, Florida Joker, yeah. Yeah, the, the Florida Joker. I'm not doing that. But what I would like to say is this. If there are any of you out there that work for major media that are coming in and you're looking at what I do or you're looking at what Blame Tag does, do the proper thing and reach out. We clean up kind of nice. I can promise you that. All right? We, we can deal with professional people just fine. But we have seen. To oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying I'm always willing to talk about myself if anyone right. wants to talk to me. All we ask for is anonymity when we need it. Like in my case, I'm never going to reveal where I work because I'm happy with where I work. And it's different than everything I cover. Blame tag on, on the other. He's pretty much anonymous all the time. And he's going to stay anonymous. But have some balls. If you're going to come in and, and like scoop something we've done, whether it be on the serving times or the war zone, have some balls, reach out. We're not, neither one of us are asking for money, right? I mean, blame tag, your, your stuff's a free subscription, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I have a merch store, but yeah, I'm not going to charge subscriptions for the serving times. That seems crazy to me. Yeah. Same thing. I, I've said this for eons. I don't have a Patreon. I sell merch. If you want to buy merch, that's great. I'm not asking anybody for any money. But I think both of us would appreciate it if you're coming in and you're scooping, like if, if you're sitting down and you're watching an entire episode of the Retail War Zone, or you're sitting down and reading an entire Serving Times article and you like it and you want to use it, we're not asking you for money. We're asking you for respect. So if any of you out there are doing this, Reach out to us. I mean, I've got right here on the screen an email address. You can reach Blame Tag through Substack. Am I allowed to name names? Sure. Go right ahead. Have some balls, John Oliver, and credit our work. Oh, the John Oliver thing. Oh, you had to bring that up, didn't you? Of course I was going to bring that up. Fuck. <laughs> so, Yeah. That that's another thing. But here's the thing: John Oliver didn't pick that shit out. His his people, his handlers, picked that out. You know, yeah, we Daniel Bryan, senior writer for John Oliver. Who? He's actually I used to read uh, Daniel O'Brien. Yeah, I used to read his stuff on crack, but he's working for John Oliver now. So that he's that is what, man. Why you got to get me fired up? We already did this one <laughs> time. Damn it! You you love this shit, don't you? But but yeah, so so John Oliver does this whole Dollar Tree thing, and if I'm not mistaken, I watched the video. He talked to employees and stuff, right? Well, guess what? We done that, and guess what? I'm not even taking credit for that. Reddit's been doing that for years. John Oliver, I'll I'll work for Dollar Tree, fucker. I'll go on your show. I don't care. Now, if I'm going to be on TV, you're going to have to pay me some money. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying it right now. You're going to have to buy me a sandwich or some shit. But here's the deal. That one got to me because, blame tag, how, how soon was that from 
the exit interview? I'd have to look up the dates, but definitely within a month. Yeah, it, it was really close. Yeah. And, and like I said, I don't have a British accent and I don't have a television platform. I'm just here on lonely YouTube and, you know, we just out here spitting facts and whatnot, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, that, that one got me. And, and who, who was the person who was it Karen Harrison? I believe that sent that our way. I'm a hundred percent sure it was Karen. I think she, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. And I, I was like, I do actually watch it every week, but I was uh, yeah. like, what the fuck? We just did this like four times in a row almost. Cause we had blank stares on while she was still there. And I just want to let you guys know. I mean, she's no longer with Dollar Tree, but when we had her on the first time, she was literally at work. I can see she was in a Dollar Tree office when we had that conversation. And, you know, if you're, if you're willing to sit at your job and come talk to us about how bad it is, man, that's some, some impressive shit. So I, I, I don't know. I got the dates. All right. So you did exit interview on October 11th and it looks like the John Oliver episode was November 20th. Uh, it's about a month, but at the same time too, I mean, I'm not trying to take credit for that or anything, but you know, if you've got people sourcing material for a show, because John Oliver is weekly, is that right? Yeah. So you got to think they got a backlog, you know, they, they've got, you know, weeks in advance scheduled. So, I mean, it is possible. But yeah, fuck John Oliver. John Oliver, <laughs> he's never worked in a Dollar Tree. You could say whatever you want and and talk about it with your British accent and whatnot. Go work in one, then come talk to us. When you do that, John Oliver, hey, you'll be my hero. And that's the other thing that pisses me off too. About I am all the a fan of John Oliver, but like have some balls and admit to it, John Oliver. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Exactly. But here's the thing. Like I said, the community at large that we have, we're in the industry. We work it. We do it. It is kind of irritating to have people tell, quote, unquote, our stories who've never set foot in it. And that's why I was so pleased with the Chipotle um, outcome. You know, the lady who threw her Chipotle food or whatnot, and the judge said, guess what? You got to work in a fast food restaurant. That's fucking justice, you know, but you know, John Oliver, that's great. You have a shtick, you have a persona, you have a character that you play. But if somebody told you you had to work on a dollar tree for a day, you wouldn't make it three hours. In fairness, I don't think he, I don't think he'd say he'd make it. No, I mean, he, he would admit that he wouldn't, but that's the other thing when you have people that are performers people that you know are in the public eye you know that's that's the thing too i mean we talked about a long time ago like if we had a celebrity that was going to champion the retail worker plight who would it be and in hindsight no one because they wouldn't do the job and we have a lot of people out there you know, like a John Oliver or whoever, whatever news anchor, you know, 
some of these people, yeah, they may have worked like retail when they were in high school for a few years while they before they went to college, but they don't have the deep-seated hatred and deep-seated knowledge that a lot of us have because we've been in it in our entire lives. It was it was a passing moment for them. And I think it's pretty in in you know it's not um proper in my opinion for the media if they have not had any real-time experience in the business to report on it. What's your take on that, Lame Tag? Um, <clears throat> well, I kind of like going back to, um, I think Adria said it in the front, in the chat, um, that the media always steals, you know, steals from the working class. And like, I always feel that like with the, um, with the insider articles and stuff when they're, you know, when they want to, when they say they want to tell our stories, but they're only doing it for the clicks. But it's still, yeah, it's still a form of exploitation. Like the whole quiet quitting thing when they're, you know, they're saying they're telling our stories from the point of view of, you know, look at this trend. These fuckers aren't doing anything quiet quitting. Um, yeah, they're not really telling our stories and they're exploiting us. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little repetitive, but no, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, but if they knew what it was like to be in our position, then, you know, it would be more than just, oh, here's an interesting story that we're going to milk as many buzzwords out of it as we can to get clicks rather than actually doing something that would help our situations. And, you know, they haven't been in that situation, so they're not they don't give a shit enough of a shit to do anything to help the situation. And, you know, that's a good point, too, is. We, we talk about how retail workers are treated. We talk about what the work conditions are. We talk about payroll. We, we've covered that whole gamut. But, you know, we've never really covered about how the media makes money off reporting the plight of retail employees. You've got people yeah. that have never worked retail that are collecting a paycheck, telling somebody's story who will never see the money that the reporters see. Yeah, and that's like the whole thing because that's all. Yeah, they don't care, and they don't even get a lot of them. You know, like uh, Washington Post went on strike recently. Business Insider was on strike last year. I think I saw a Chicago Tribune is about to walk out. Like they don't treat their staff any better. You're right, but here's the thing: there's <laughs> there's levels. Those people that went on strike are making leaps and bounds more than your average retail worker. And they're going on strike, and and this is the thing. Now, look, I'm not saying that there's any animosity there, but it's funny. You look at like some legions of business that go on strike. They're in a way hell of a big, you know, bigger pay grade than like say retail. All right. So let's say we'll just use Hollywood for instance. So we have the writer strike and all that, right? They got theirs. Are they championing, championing the little people? No. They got theirs. They got what they wanted. And it's this big, huge headline. Oh, Hollywood went on strike. And these are the most powerful people in the world, really, if you think about it, because entertainment people kind of run everything. It's the people who make the most money, who make the most noise, and get the most things moving. Okay, cool. You won that. Fran Drescher's talking about how AI and all this other stuff with actors and actresses and all that's great. You have that power. Why don't you take that power and transfer and say, you know what, let's go for another cause. 
Let's help out the little guy. That doesn't happen. Because when you look at a Hollywood strike, especially like an actor strike, you're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? When you look at grocery stores and, and retail, they're just looking for a living wage. So there's a lot of people that will say solidarity, you know, in striking. But the reality is there's only solidarity if you're in their class. Well, one thing with like the Hollywood strikes, too, is at least from what they said, at least like the, you know, the, the talking points were, you know, all the big actors who they can afford to strike, you know, they can afford to be out of work for a while. Like they were on strike for all the people below them, the extras and, um, you know, the people who actually run the show. I forgot the name of their union. Like they were on strike so that get a better deal for those people on the bottom. And, you know, going back to retail is like, we don't have those people who can afford to get out of work for us, for other retail workers. So, right. you know. We're the bottom feeders. Yeah. And so, we, you know, Big Quit Energies posted, the most delicious irony is that all the media people who browbeat labor and vilify unions are themselves in unions. Correct. And then Ira says, but you should do an article on Rockstar sending researchers to in retail to build realistic NPCs, and then they have to write ridiculous scripts of NPCs that can't use self-checkouts, uh, fitting rooms, etc. But, I mean, here's the thing. There's been a lot of union movement, all right? A lot. Okay? But let me ask you who you need for just a minute. So Hollywood has a union. They, the actors and actresses got their money. Who do you need more? Tom Cruise? Or the person who makes sure your self-checkout experience is okay? Mind you, I said need. Not want. Need. Who do you need more? And that's the problem. I hate the fact that the media post that, oh, the actor strikes over. We do not need any of them. Not a single one. Our lives would go along just fine if there was not a movie ever made again. Because we have real world problems. We have kids. We have families. We have bills to pay. We have you know, groceries to buy, mortgages to pay, car bills to pay, etc. We do not need entertainers. I'm a musician, and I love music, and Kiss is my favorite band. They just recently retired, supposedly. But I do not need Kiss to survive. So why are we championing an industry who got their quote-unquote comeuppance and their due that we don't fucking need. And yet all of us that, you you know, we're sitting here making money. I mean, the cost of living keeps going up and blah, blah, blah. Hey, guess what? The union people who won in Hollywood, they can afford all this shit. Us on the ground, we cannot. We do not need them. So why do we brag about entertainment winning a union battle? 
pro athletes. I love football. I love football. I love pro wrestling. All right. There's tons of things I love. Guess what? Our lives would continue going without them. Why do we have said this before? Why do pro football players make more than teachers? But we as a nation accept it and we, we buy expensive sporting tickets and things like that. Why? We don't need a football team at all. We need the money to survive and feed our families and make sure everybody's okay. So I get really sick and tired of these high echelon groups talking about unions and whatnot and what they won because we don't need a fucking one of them at all. You could take out sports. You could take out entertainment. Hell, I'm a video game player. You could take out video games. We can live without those. But why is that so important? Blaine Tag, your thoughts? I mean, there's a few video game franchises I wouldn't want to live without. I mean, true. But I'm just saying, in the grand scope of things, sir. I mean, yeah. Um, like I said, there are, there are a lot of people in the entertainment industry who are on the bottom. And, you know, hopefully those unions help them. I don't, I honestly don't know that they do. I haven't looked into it. Um, trying to look on the upside of that, maybe it'll... You know, when people see their heroes are championing the unions, maybe they'll start thinking unions aren't so bad. You know, stop listening to the political talking points that unions are poison and whatever. And I don't know, maybe make it a more popular idea. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm trying I agree. to be positive about I, that. Yeah, I agree with Erica. I mean, all workers, regardless of sector or industry, need unions. But if you're if you're championing the the ones that make millions of dollars, and the struggle is for the people that are in unions that are trying to get by, that's a problem, because COVID proved that we needed the essentials far more than we needed Hollywood and entertainment, didn't it? Yeah, like I can give one, two fucks if Gwyneth Paltrow's in a union right. or not, but you know the person making her. I don't know, fucking goop pussy egg. I mean, you know, they should be in a union. Right. I mean, here's the thing. You know, when we were all forced to work because we were essential, Hollywood was not essential. It was us, ladies and gentlemen, making sure you had toilet paper. So I, I guess this makes me, and I agree with Erica, all, all businesses need unions. All of them do. I agree. But when every major news outlet, their headline is Hollywood's union, we got a problem because yeah, there was a report that came out recently that like a rather large percentage of single family homes that were up for sale are now owned by hedge funds. Wrap your head around that. We're moving to a society. This is something hero and I talked about today something she brought up. We're moving to a society where you own nothing. Oh, I don't even want to tell you about the the new Bezos project. What's that? That's where um, you can be an investor in with other people in single family homes. So you could own like, you know, five percent of someone's home. Right. And so, so, so there you go. To, yeah. This is where we're heading. And and I guess that's why I went off this tangent on the unions with Hollywood. Hey, okay, 
Angelina Jolie, you got an extra million dollars. That's great. That's a million dollars. Some of us will never fucking see. You She's know, gonna do that buying more kids anyway, right? But and eat spiders and weird shit. But that's the point: is how come in the media the workforce is portrayed in such a poor manner? Hence, what we've been talking about about the coverage and whatnot. You know, they'll spin it. They'll they'll try to talk about what our issues are, but they always end up with like a manager or some CEO or something to try to spin it the other way, right? But, oh, my God, if Hollywood can't get their shit together, we're going to fail as a country. I mean, that's really how the reporting comes out. We're worried about the wrong people. Those fuckers have more than enough money. They can live comfortably the rest of their lives. The ones of us that don't have it, we're the ones that need to be on the front pages of news. We're the ones that need to be getting the public support. Not Hollywood. Not the NFL. Not the NCAA. Yeah, not, that not the NBA. John Oliver either. John Oliver as well. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. And it's just, it, it's maddening to me. And when you talk about the things we've covered on episodes and things you've written, it, you know, some of it gets scooped and scoped. And that's great. And we can't prove it, right? But you have people that make more money than us using the shit we talk about to make even more money. And that's kind of fucked up. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I uh, I have said this to numerous nice. people. You're a brilliant writer. Your shit is amazing. Oh, thanks. I, I do like compliments. I know you do. But but your stuff's great. You're You're an absolutely fantastic writer. And I think... One day, as long as the community stays together, sometime down the road, you really are going to wind up being the Simpsons of retail. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Predict the next president or some shit coming down an escalator. And we'll be good to go. You know, but anyway. I don't think that one would be very good. Yeah, you never know. You might hit it. I meant like, I meant like not good for the country. <laughs> oh, well, uh, okay. I understand that. So. Having said that, we're at 57 minutes. Um, I want you to give a closing statement on whatever you want to talk about. This is all you. Go ahead. Um, first off, um, I, I did see your idea earlier, Irish. Um, I wrote that down uh, about the NPCs in the store. Sorry, I'm going through my notes here. Go right ahead. Uh, oh, the other one was uh, Runs with Scissors. Yeah, I am going to look at that Maricopa County attorney thing. Um, that, that seems interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, get your flowers, Blame Tag. Get my flowers? Yeah. Talk your shit up. Go. Oh. What, what do you have coming? Oh, well... I'm trying to be more productive. I was working on this project with the Christmas Carol, but I kind of burnt out on it. So I don't think that's going to be done. Um, I do got one tomorrow making fun of Business Insider again. I've got another one I need to get edited. Uh, just generally need to get better at being productive. Um, but yeah, follow the serving times. Um, I really do appreciate all the support I get from you guys. I wouldn't be doing it without you. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Awesome. Uh, it's throwing every day. 
subscribe, share. Exactly. Because he's going to predict the future. I promise you. So yeah. I'm um, looking in the chat. On my page too, sorry. On my page too, there are links to Adria's. I know people were looking for it. Awesome. All right. So on, on Blaine Tag Substack, there's links to Adria's. Um, I see this in the chat. Adria and runs with razors. Let me ask you, in the very near future, next couple of weeks, would both of you be interested in being on the show talking about the Kroger merger? Just curious. Just throwing that out there. I can't believe you haven't had Adria on yet. That's that's Not on yet. you, man. Yeah, uh, uh, th this is pretty hot. I would say, so Erica says yes. Adria? We're waiting. Okay, cool. I will message you two uh, over the next few days. Not tonight, because as soon as I get done with this, um, I got some other stuff I got to do. But uh, expect to hear from me in the next 48 hours. We'll set that up. Um, that's something I would like to do. I'd love to have Adria on the show. We haven't had her yet. Um, that'd be great. But having said that, listen, guys, we appreciate everything you do. Uh, you know, I've taught Irish going through the end of the year where you know this is probably gonna be the most heavy episode we've had you know in the past few weeks or whatnot in the next one we'll probably have one more before the end of the year and it'll be light as well okay uh, when we go into january things are going to start to ramp up again there's a, a, a statistic thing there's a timeline thing there's all sorts of things going on in the background that comes along with doing this as long as we have. And I think we're coming up on four years, which is crazy. I mean, it might be three if you actually map it out. If you go by year by year, it'd be four. But, you know, actually doing this would be three. And um, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming. You know, I appreciate any input you guys give. If there's something you, you know, you want us to cover, let us know. You can email me. You can message Irish. You can message Blame Tag because Blame Tag's part of the team as well. You know, there's a lot of things we can do. But we're going to end, you know, 2023 on a fairly light note. And when that's over, I'm going to try to get my head right, you know, social media-wise. And uh, we're really going to push hard next year. I just, I just want everybody to know that. we're We're going to start revisiting topics that Irish and I talked about at the very beginning. We're going to get in the minimum wage. We're, we're going to start to regurgitate some stuff, but we're a little bit more educated now, and it's going to have a little bit different flair. So there's going to be topics we covered way, way, way back in year one that we're going to be bringing up. There'll be guests. There'll be all sorts of stuff. So having said that, I, um, Blame Tag, you got any last words? Um. The only thing for for Hero is um, we we probably should look into if you can be a carry gold affiliate because you can get paid every time someone buys a stick of butter. Yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, it's it, just for advertising it, right it, now. I mean, oh, and that's another thing. I mean, you know, Blame Tag. You talk about serving times is AI free, right? That's great. Yep. The war zone is <laughs> just fucking free. All right, I'm, I've had people say you need to have a patreon no i'm not doing any of that shit we're just gonna keep doing what we're doing so um you know there may come a time where there's something cool that goes on behind the scenes that you pay for but that's a long ways down the road but as far as podcasting goes i ain't charging anybody for shit so knowledge is free and 
I like ranting from time to time, so that's what it is. So having said that, everybody have a great night. Uh, we will probably not see you until after Christmas, so enjoy your holiday. I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving, and um, stay safe. I'd like to see everybody make sure that they're in one piece come January when we fire this thing back up for sure. There might be one more episode in December. I don't know yet, but when we hit January, we hit 2024, we're going to hit the ground running. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you for everybody who supports us. Thank you for participating in the chat. Uh, like Blame Tag said, we wouldn't be doing this without you because it would be a waste of time at that point. So thank you for everything you guys provide, everything you guys do. And we will see you next time. Peace out.